Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Let's get ready to rumble. This episode number 97 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most twisted Eric Roberts-related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me as usual is the Iceman, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam? Uh, you know, Doug, I'm all right. I'm all right. Liam, I don't want to start most of the episodes of this podcast kind of having a conversation about why you're always so down, but it is yeah. it worries me a little bit, Liam. I need I need you to feel up. Because I feel like when people listen to a podcast, and again, yes, of course, personally, as your friend, I want you to feel good. But also, the other thing is, the idea of people listening to a podcast where one guy is such a downer all the time, it's just not going to work for him, right? It just hurts the podcast for you to be no, a that's gloomy the attraction. Gus. People, people want to hear you be the uh, completely irrationally positive one mm-hmm, uh, to mm-hmm. represent Canada, uh-huh. and I'm the realistic, cynical one to represent the United States, right? That makes sense. Do you think of yourself, Liam, as representing the United States of America? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, I uh, the the I'm doing I'm actually doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I would I say realized... well, not good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah. I hate you. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, I need to find. You know, I'm a substitute teacher. I need to find like summer employment. So that's yeah, me of, too. That's not fun. I'm not stoked on that. And I feel like. Today I realized I'm I'm not doing great as a as a cat owner. Oh, well, what's going on? Well, so I really think the low point of being a cat owner is when you start to expect your cats to act in rational, oh. understandable ways. I see what like, you're saying. Like clearly that's not why you own a cat, you know? But my one of my cats has become such a curmudgeon. She's so annoying and has been in such a cranky mood lately that like today I was literally like, "Oh my gosh, stop like just make sense and i realized like that's that's the last desperate thought of a cat owner because your, your cats never make sense you just have to take joy in their craziness you, you and, know Liam, uh, her, it kind of sounds like you have a cat from hell i know i was uh-huh. actually thinking like where's that uh where's that weird rockabilly dude to like help me figure out how jackson to galaxy well i'll tell you we might ass. not be able to track down jackson galaxy but i know a couple Eric and Eliza. I don't know their last <laughs> names, <laughs> but they had issues with cats previously. Maybe you could check in about that. But that, I can see what you're talking about, Liam. I have three cats of my own. It's actually kind of Whoa. ridiculous. I know it's yeah. it's it's uh, mental, as they say. But uh, and they uh, are all jerks. Uh, I, I I have a certain amount of love for them, but mostly because I think I love things that show me nothing but scorn, Liam. Oh, that's why we work together so. Yeah, well. that's why I love you so much, Liam. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, well, I want you feeling better, Liam. And uh, you should think of your friend uh, Creed from that movie Creed. When he gets stop. knocked down, no, he gets God. up again no, and fights it. back. Oh, God. It's like Creed. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like, not like the musician's Creed. No, definitely not like that. No, like the uh, Apollo Creed's uh, kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the film. Yeah, you're in it. You're in that movie. Stop. Oh, God. Uh uh, Liam, yeah. okay, Liam, le- just tell me one thing that makes you happy when you get up in the morning. 
Um, probably the our guest that... this week is a friend of the show <laughs> and Eric Roberts superfan. <laughs> it's Lindsay Lassen. How you doing, Lindsay? Hey, hey, How Lindsay. Are you guys, I'm doing. Me. I'm doing so well. I mean, I was actually in a good mood already, but boy, that little transition there just made my day. Uh, I feel like I crushed Liam's hopes and dreams, Aww. Liam. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Oh, Liam. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, Liam. I, I do want you to finish the thought. What's what's something that that you when you wake up in the morning? Oh, now, not counting your family. I didn't have anything. I just knew you were going to cut me off, so I just started talking, waiting for you to cut me off. Well, now you have to backtrack and come oh, up with no. something. Aside uh, from co- your young coffee. daughter and – oh, coffee. coffee. Okay. Coffee. <laughs> Does it go wife, daughter, coffee? Is that the order? First thing in the morning. I mean there's other things I like, but they don't strike me when I'm in the morning. <laughs> Is it wife, daughter, coffee, not touching recreational drugs – Hardcore punk music. <laughs> oh, man. Lindsay, it's so good to have you on the show. It's good uh, to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, you are a fan of a little actor named Eric Roberts. A little actor. Um, I well, am. Yes, oh, I'm a super fan. You're a super I had it written down super fan. Lindsay, yes. I want you to tell me the first time you were aware that a person named Eric Roberts existed on the planet Earth. Really? Mm-hmm. The first, the very first time. Absolutely. I, okay. So I was probably 15 and oh. I was reading Seventeen magazine <laughs> <laughs> and he did an article on Julia um, and there were photos of her with her siblings and they mentioned Eric being an actor and I that's the very first time I was aware that he existed. Okay. All right. And now when were you aware that he was an actor that you would become a super fan of? Stopped by my doctor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually watched that by accident one day. I was um, There was nothing on TV. And I mm-hmm. was looking for the Golden Girls reruns, and uh-huh. they weren't on um, so stopped by my doctor came up, so I was like, oh, I'll give this a try, and the rest is history. I find that so interesting, simply because I think there's probably a subset of fans of films uh, and, and actors who who probably would dismiss something like Stalked by My Doctor as as not being, you know, certainly not measuring up to to the 80s kind of heyday, if you can call it that, of Eric Roberts. And But still, he's making fans on the work that he's doing now, and Stalked by My Doctor is a really good example of that. What about the movie appealed to you? A little bit of everything. I think his outbursts uh-huh. <laughs> um, in the movie were certainly entertaining and... Um... I don't. I don't know. I can't really pinpoint one thing, but definitely those temper tantrums. Absolutely. Um, and I think that I'm friending. Un, I'm unfriending. I'm you. unfriending you. <laughs> <laughs> so that, good. That was so the line and sinker for me. <laughs> uh, now I should ask you, Lindsay, since there's been now two more stocked by my doctor films since then. Um, yeah. I. I I feel like I have to ask you specifically about the dance sequence in Stock by My Doctor 3. Very notable dance sequence, a semi-parody of the film La La Land. What did you think of that dance sequence? I loved it. Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. We don't see that in Lifetime movies really ever. (laughs) So this is 
I think that that is sort of a pioneer move for Doug Campbell and, of course, Eric Roberts. Mm -hmm. Doug Campbell, of course, being the writer-director of Stock by My Doctor. Absolutely. And you can tell – you can kind of tell as those movies go along that because they have – found a certain level of success that they're putting a few more resources into them compared to your average lifetime movie. So mm-hmm. so, something like that, probably, you know, he would not have been able to do something like that in the first stock by my doctor. So why not, yeah. why not go a little overboard? Why not lean into the camp a little bit? And uh, yeah, I love that moment. I, uh, I know that other people, they probably didn't realize that it was supposed to be funny, but that's right. <laughs> that's just the way of the world. Lindsay, now that you have delved deep into the filmography of Eric Roberts. Uh, yes. Do you have a favorite Eric Roberts movie? Well, I would have to say Stalk by My Doctor is probably my oh. favorite. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite. But I also liked um, Fatal, uh, Fatal, not Fatal Attraction. What was the one with Anne Heche? Yeah, is it no. Fatal? Is it something with call? Ha- Fatal Desire. Desire. Fatal there desire. we go. Yeah. yeah. That's probably second on my list. That's a good one, too. And mm-hmm. Heish, she needs to make a big comeback. Liam, what do you think? Sure. Yeah, you're a big... I know you're a, a Heish head. <laughs> From <laughs> yep, way back. That's, that's that's what we call ourselves, Heish heads. <laughs> now, one of the things about Eric Roberts is that he's an animal lover, Lindsay. And you, yes. have, uh, uh, you have strongly supported... His collaboration with Precious Paws uh, in uh, in kind of uh, uh, promoting uh, health and uh, adoption services for for cats. So our little cat talk that Liam and I just had was probably really insulting to you, someone who loves cats. I do love cats. What can people do? Do you know what people can do to 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 support Precious Paws? Absolutely. So of course, money is always welcome, mm. um, but. Just about each week, um, Georgine, who is the, um, I guess, founder of Precious Paws, leader of Precious Paws, whatever you call it, um, she tweets out um, an an Amazon wish list um, that I usually retweet Mm -hmm. for her. um, And she, um, on the Amazon wish list, are things that she needs for the cats, food, toys, treats, things like that. So helping out in those ways um, are perfect. What you're really saying is people should follow you on Twitter. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. That's that's what I'm really saying. Well, we'll we'll link your account and we'll ask in the <laughs> in the uh, in the plugging section, but we can't plug right yet because instead no. of plugging, we have to talk about the latest Eric Roberts news on the Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 97 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. Yeah, the only plugging we can do this early in the show is to Eric Roberts' Twitter feed. But before we dip into the Twitter feed, you know, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be right around a very special day. Liam, Liam, what is that special day? Eric Roberts' birthday. Uh, no, Easter Sunday, Liam. Uh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you are right, Liam. You're also correct that on April 18th, it will be Eric Roberts' 63rd birthday. Very exciting news. Um, you know, when this podcast started, Liam, he was only like 60. What do you think? 
So you mean three years is what you're saying? I think so. I can't really remember how long this has been going on. It's been a long, strange trip. Yeah, that's true. I would say it's more like four years. Four? All right, Liam. If you're going to split hairs, maybe we should just end things right now. Lindsay, if you yes. could purchase one gift for Eric Roberts for his birthday, what would it be? Oh. I know. This is a tough question. Wow. Mm-hmm. What would it be? Something for his hair. Oh. Because he's got really great hair. He's got great hair. Everybody knows yeah. it. Some sort of hair product. Oh, sorry. Hair I... product or hair tool. Maybe a hair dryer. Flat <laughs> iron. <laughs> I hope maybe a collection of all of them. Now, Liam. There you go. Lindsay yeah, certainly yeah. took your answer, Liam, to that question. But I still want to hear what you have to say. What should you purchase Eric Roberts for his birthday? Do not say marijuana. Oh, man, I wouldn't anyway. I mean, I think that would be a good present for him, actually. Probably not marijuana, probably some sort of complicated vaping rig. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't buy that. I'd probably buy something that was fun for him and his many cats. Oh, right. Some Aww. sort of maybe. A, well, he, I think he has uh, at least one, if not several cat trees. But why not have a more complex cat uh, uh, activity center, Liam? Yeah, there's a few like interesting things that I see advertised to me on Instagram all the time that look like weird stuff for cats. So that seems like a that seems like a thing he would be into. Lindsay, what is your favorite of the Eric Roberts and Eliza Roberts cat family? So my favorite cat? Yeah, the cat in their house. Uh, my favorite cat in their house would probably be Wonder. I, th- I think that's the one we see the most. Yeah, that's I a think little so. Russian blue cat. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Seems to have, you know, the the most um, personality. Yeah. Wonder is definitely yeah. my favorite as well. Liam, how about yourself? Don't say wonder. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Aw, little Brooklyn. And, of course, the squirrel family <laughs> in the Robert's backyard. Uh, I love all of them equally, especially the injured ones, Liam. Sure, that sounds right. You know, Liam, you know what a lot of people have been talking about recently is that movie Billboard. Billboard, Liam. Yeah, Billboard. Now, that movie uh, is uh, based on a true story or semi-based on a true story about an event that took place. Where was it, Liam? Somewhere where you are? I don't actually know exactly where it was, but it was in the Lehigh Valley, the general area. In the the Lehigh Valley. And Eric has been doing some press for it and some uh, radio interviews. And I think they had a premiere semi-recently as well. He replied to the actress Heather Matarazzo on Twitter just a few days ago. She was tweeting, this is really interesting for you, Liam. I'm at a weed party right now and feel so awkward. So I'm pretending I have urgent business when really I'm just voice tweeting into my phone. And Eric uh, quote tweeted that and said, never heard of voice tweeting. Going to try it to say you are an awesome actress, Heather. And I'm thrilled to be in at Billboard movie with you. Lindsay, are you excited to see Billboard? I am excited to see Billboard. I'm, I live in the general area as well. So What? Tell us more. Liam is very interested <laughs> now. He suddenly <laughs> has woken up and wants to hear. I heard his ears perk up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm in the Susquehanna Valley. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Oh, Um, so I'm, I'm further south than that, closer to Maryland. Um, but you know, I have family up in that Allentown area. So, oh yeah. 
Uh, I mean, it's a, I feel like that general area of the United States of America is about where 98% of the people on this show have come from. I don't know why, Liam, but it is very exciting to me. I actually have a screener of Billboard that I have yet to watch. I should probably get on that so I can know what the, what the, the commotion is all about. Liam? I mean, you're excited, right, Liam? You want to check out Billboard before we hit our 100th episode? Yeah, that sounds all right. Because it's about an area near where you live, Liam. Yeah, I mean, I probably should have gone. They it played here with the director, and I I just couldn't make it happen. Why not? Uh, it was on the weekend, and I had dad stuff basically. What's that supposed <laughs> to mean? Like, uh, my wife was working, and someone had to be with our child. <laughs> Liam, have you ever heard of Burn This? No. What is that? It's a Broadway show by Lanford Wilson. Okay. And the play includes, you can tell I'm reading out of something, the play includes themes of gay identity and relationships, and the first performance was done in February of 1987. Well, currently, there's been a revival on Broadway, Liam, starring Adam Driver and Golden Globe winner Carrie Russell, Liam. Okay. So that 1987 production of Burn This, Liam, starred John Malkovich and Eric Roberts. Yeah. Right, and now... yeah. Now, are you seeing the notes that I gave you, to Liam? Yeah, I was like, I was kind of like, where is this coming from? And then I scrolled down, and I'm like, oh, okay. On April 6th, Eric Roberts tweeted, though I'd love to believe, hashtag Malkovich, or I was... (laughs) It's close, okay? (laughs) I have to admit, that's the first thing I thought. Anyway, though I'd love to believe, hashtag Malkovich, or I was irreplaceable in at Burn This Broadway... This is a great cast with a capital G and C, hashtag Adam Driver, hashtag Carrie Russell, uh, at West YD. Uh, and this was in this was in response to Monica Lewinsky uh, seeing Burn This on Broadway. And she said, very excited to see this. In fact, if you go over to the Eric Roberts Twitter feed, he's been uh, uh, quoting and quote tweeting a lot of Monica Lewinsky lately. And good on him and good on her. Uh, Burn This on Broadway. Lindsay. Have you ever seen a Broadway show? I have not. Neither have I. I don't know if I'd enjoy it. It sounds like I feel like there's too much uh, because of it happening right in front of you. I feel like I'd feel too much pressure to react. Now, I've seen a couple of theatrical shows in Toronto. I know I know what the general gist is all about. But I feel like in a case like that, I'd almost force myself to enjoy it. Liam, have you ever seen a Broadway show? Yep. Which one? Les Mis. Oh, I saw Les Mis in Toronto, actually, with my mother. It was very fun, I have to say, and I wasn't too pressured to clap at everything. How was that, Liam? What is, what's the experience of a Broadway show like? It was pretty cool. I had, um, I had, that was actually my first exposure to Les Mis at all. I'd never oh, wow. seen the movie or watched a version of the play or read anything or I didn't know anything. And I was, it was, it was just a weird sort of experience. It was my senior in college. But it was over the summer, and I was playing wiffle ball with a bunch of dudes, which is like a weirdly masculine experience for me. I don't really do sports, let alone like, hey, it's summer. We're going to get in a field and play wiffle ball. And I'm like, well, it is, right, it is the most manly of sports, so I can Well, understand. I know. it's, the, but, but it just felt very out of character. Sure, I It's just like dudes you know, doing things. And then all of a sudden, what a, another dude shows up, and he goes, Hey, yo, uh, I got all these Les Mis tickets. You guys want to go see Les Mis? Bros, if I just scored these Les Mis tickets. <laughs> it's so random. I, I think it's just something that, at, you know, 
I was, I was specifically, I was specifically hanging out with these uh, folks who all grew up in in on the main line outside Philly, and they're you know a, a certain kind of like fun rich kid, and I think that's just like a rich kid thing to be like. I know we're in the middle of a wiffle ball game, but wouldn't you rather drive two and a half hours to New York to see motherfucking like, lame right And they were just like everyone was just in like shorts and t-shirts too. It's not like we were like. Right, you know what I mean? Like we're just hanging out, and it's like, yeah, let's just go to Lay Biz, and we just went to Lay Biz, like stop playing wiffle ball, and drove to New York to watch Lay Biz. It was the weirdest. I do have to say, it's it, so is, weird. it is interesting that both you and I have seen major theatrical productions of Lay Miz, Liam. It's another thing that that bonds us together. Yeah, I mean, Aww. I've seen other theater outside of Broadway, but that's the okay. only thing I've seen on Broadway. Diminish it, oh, why don't I will you? say I have seen one production of something just off-Broadway, which would be the Evil Dead musical. Oh, I actually saw the Evil Dead musical in Toronto as well. Uh, so, hey, another thing that bonds us together. But back to you, Lindsay. John Malkovich and Eric Roberts on Broadway. That sounds like something that would have been cool to see. Super cool to see. Do you Absolutely. think that John Malkovich is a creepy dude? There are characteristics of him that are a little off-putting, Yeah. I think it's kind of what makes him such an interesting actor is that <laughs> he seems so creepy. But I, it's kind of hard for me to even visualize him and Eric Roberts kind of acting off each other. I wish there was some sort of recording of something that, like that. We'd like to check that out, right? Uh, uh, burn this on Broadway. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hey, reviews are in for that movie Billboard that we were just talking about from the L.A. Times. Um it's a capsule review, so it's only a very short review. It says, It's a shame that writer-director Zeke Zelker's indie comedy Billboard is so choppy and directionless because the movie's heart is in the right place. A throwback to the shaggy slobs against the snobs pictures of the 70s and 80s. The, film, uh, the film's like meatballs or stripes, but alas, without a Bill Murray. Uh, not a particularly positive review of Billboard here, but uh, it does mention that Eric Roberts is in it and uh, describes uh, him as well as Heather Matarazzo and Leo Fitzpatrick as uh, um, veteran character actors uh, and also says that the film falls flat. Hey, I'm still curious. I love those snobs versus slobs movies, Liam. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the original story is interesting and I'm certainly curious to check out something that was made, you know, in the area. Uh, but yeah, I, I fr friends who have seen it have not given me great reviews. Well, I mean, your friends are snobs while us slobs might That's enjoy true. it, right? Because in a movie like that with your snobby friends, they probably think that they're the target, right? They're like, oh, this movie doesn't think much of people like us. But a slob like me, I'll probably be like, yeah, you take it, you snobs. Right, Liam? Uh, you lost you lost the thread for me. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Lindsay, snob or slob? <laughs> snob. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. I well, love that. I'll tell you what. These actors and actresses, they love snobs. That's the thing that I keep hearing. And, and I mean, that kind of that's true for you, Liam, right? Because you appeared in the movie Creed. <laughs> hey. How about the Ridgewood Guild International Film Festival? It starts with a screening of the Oscar-winning film Roma and other films as well. But one of the things it features is the premiere of a new independent film called Hollywood, that's spelled W-O-U-L-D, starring Eric Roberts. Uh, and the film festival has 150 films in total. This is uh, takes place in New Jersey, Liam, I believe in the very near future. Uh, so if you want to check out the movie Hollywood... W-O-U-L-D. Uh, you can check that out on April 24th and 25th in Ridgewood, New Jersey, Liam. Now, Liam, you've spent some time in New Jersey. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, before escaping, like in those Bruce Springsteen songs. Uh, have you ever <laughs> been to Ridgewood? I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar at all. If you had to travel mm-hmm. on the 24th and 25th of April to the Ridgewood Guild International Film Festival, how long would it take for you to drive there, Liam? <laughs> I don't know. Can you edit around me actually finding that information? I figured you'd know it like that because you've probably been thinking about going to see Hollywood. Lindsay, are you a fan of Bruce Springsteen? Yes and no. Oh boy, tell me why the no, and then we'll move on to the yes. Um, no, because I feel I think a lot of his uh, work sounds the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, because you know he's a he's an American icon. He's an <laughs> international icon. That's true. Um, and he's, you know, he's a big part of my youth. And so, you know, he's very popular in the 80s. Mm, the decade we love most, right? That's my favorite decade. Hey, we all love the 80s. I love if the I 80s. Go... <laughs> oh, please. If no, I could go back to the 80s, I would. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I mean, look, there's still time for time travel uh, 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 potential, right, Liam? I feel like with the recent uh, scientific uh, breakthroughs, including the discovery of this supermassive black hole that we can now see with our own naked eyes, Liam, that maybe uh, we can get this time travel thing moving. No, probably not. Uh, One hour and 26 minutes. All right. So you're going to be going to the Ridgewood (laughs) Guild International Film Festival. You'll have to leave uh, about 90 minutes before the uh, screening uh, to go see Hollywood. Mm Mm-hmm. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is Fruit of the Poisonous Tree from director Colton Dietz, who's best known for uh, a kind of like video game-based fan films based on the Silent Hill and Max Payne properties. He also, I think, has a Deadpool fan film coming up. Uh, The plot of this movie is Christopher Bennett, a police detective from Phoenix, Arizona, is struggling from memories of a case from his past. And after a heated altercation with his wife, Elizabeth, he decides to go on vacation to his hometown of Galesburg, Illinois. Uh, The local sheriff, Alex Kimball, an old family friend, hears of Bennett's return and asks for his assistance in an ongoing investigations. They soon discover a number of elaborate and grotesque murders and realize they are dealing with fanatic religious cult. This badly written summary was from the director, (laughs) Colton Dietz himself. Seems like he's mistaken some commas for periods here and Mm -hmm. some of it just doesn't some of it doesn't make any sense at all that said do not judge a movie by its plot summary on that internet movie database fanatic religious cult hey i'm on board i've also included the poster art for fruit of the poisonous tree for all of us to look at Lindsay, what do you think of this poster art um so the first thing I thought of was the book of Genesis oh. <laughs> when I saw this, um, when I saw the title and then saw the, the poster art. Um, and then there's the skull, mm-hmm. the skull profile, which is interesting. Uh, looks scary to me. It looks like it could be kind of freaky, maybe a little freaky, scary mystery story. And I'm on board with that. It also features Eric Roberts as Detective Gibson. <laughs> Lindsay, are you going to check out this movie? It's called Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. I mean, I'll certainly check it out. I don't know that I'm going to last through the whole movie, though. Lindsay, how many Eric Roberts movies have you watched? Whoa. Oh, how many? Mm. You want like a real numerical figure? I want you to, uh, I don't, look, no one expects you to be spot on 100%. You know exactly the numbers. But if you had to 
you know, estimate, perhaps. Okay. I've probably seen at least 50. That's a lot of Eric Roberts. Yes. But he's been in over, like, 400. So. Hey, look, as we've shown on Eric Roberts is the fucking man, uh, it is a uh, marathon, not a sprint. Right, Liam? I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, we have the rest of our lives to watch Eric Roberts' movies, and he has the rest of his life to make them, uh, and eventually those two numbers will match up perfectly. Right, Liam? <laughs> sure. Because we made a blood oath, Liam O'Donnell. I don't, I don't remember that. A blood oath to watch the life and work of actor Eric Roberts on Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, the podcast, episode number 97. Liam, one of the great things about doing this podcast is that we've been able to encounter a lot of the movies which mix director David Dakota and Eric Roberts, the actor. They've made some very notable movies. I would call one of them A Talking Cat, A Halloween Puppy, uh, D.B. Cooper Meets Bigfoot. Maybe that's Bigfoot Meets D.B. Cooper. I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's Versus. It's not even Meet. Versus. Well, they meet. They met. I remember it happening. Uh <laughs> And uh, my understanding is we've talked about 11 of these movies on this podcast since its very beginning. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about one more. From the year 2016, we're going to talk about Sorority Slaughterhouse. We're going to get to it right after this. See the funny little clown. See him laughing as you walk by. Everybody thinks he's happy cause you never see a tear in his eye. No one knows he's crying. No one knows he's dying on the inside. Cause he's laughing on the outside. Mm, No one knows. After a sorority girl breaks up with him, the headmaster of a college takes his own life. But what should be the end becomes only the beginning when a magical, evil 12-inch clown doll gets possessed by the soul of Mr. Whitman. It's Sorority Slaughterhouse from the year 2016, directed by David Dakota, who has a lot of experience working with little creatures going around killing people because he was a big part of the Puppet Master franchise and uh, this film was actually co-written by David and as well as Rolf Kinevsky uh, who I know uh, not only because he uh, wrote Doc Holliday's Revenge formerly uh, featured on Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man but also the classic horror comedy There's Nothing Out There uh, as well as the recent Party Bus to Hell which I haven't seen but has a terrific title uh, this film features Eric Roberts as Dean Whitman which means that not only does he play the Dean who kills himself he also plays the evil clown <laughs> that we see for the uh, what's the name of this clown Liam is it Bobo 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 the clown <laughs> Eric Roberts voices once again voicing a character uh, much less expensive than having Eric Roberts on screen I would imagine uh, as well as a uh, assortment of actresses if I'm I might be wrong about this Lindsay the the uh, uh, the lead um, victim, <laughs> I'll say, from Stock by My Doctor, one of these actresses is that actress, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, Brianna Brian- Joy. Ch- Brianna yeah. Joy. Yes. Brianna Joy Comer was she the played- original um, 
target for Dr. Beth target. and stalked you know what? Doctor. Because she wasn't a victim. She fought back. So what am I saying? Why was I going to use the word victim? Absolutely incorrect. And we also have a few other experienced uh, actresses like Jessica Morris, who's done a lot of mm-hmm. soap work, uh, playing a sorority sister here, despite being well into her 30s. Good on her. Students older than average. I always support that. Liam, I'm sure you do as well because you are a teacher. Uh, you like to educate people. We need to talk about uh, sorority slaughterhouse. And the first thing I want to mention is this... Even though this movie takes place in the same house as almost every David Dakota movie does. <laughs> I mean, it's the same place, and we've seen it many times before. Uh, there's This movie feels a bit more like a movie than some of the David Dakota features that we've had on this show. It feels like there was a script. It feels like it builds to something. Uh, even the effects when it comes to this clown moving around, no, there's no stop motion or anything like that. But it looks like they've made effort that it's not just the same three or four shots over and over again. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit. Maybe my expectations were a little low. But I actually want to start with our guest today, Lindsay. You've watched this movie twice. Twice. Which means that you've watched it once more than any other person on the planet. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts That's my on. Life. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I recognize it. Lindsay, what did you think of 2016's Sorority Slaughterhouse? I have mixed feelings on, on Sorority Slaughterhouse. Um, <laughs> I, I'm up and down on that topic. Uh huh. <laughs> In some in some ways, you know, it's hilarious. In other ways, it's very confusing. And other ways, it's just like, why why is this even a movie? <laughs> when when you ask that question, why is this even a movie? Yeah. Um, I actually have a semi answer for this. So okay. So of course, as I mentioned before, David Dakota worked on the Puppet Master series, which features these little doll characters <laughs> killing people, right? Well, yes. not only does does that series exist, but the creator of that series, Charles Band, he basically has built his entire career on movies featuring little dolls or doll-sized creatures killing other people. He still does it. He did the Ginger Dead uh, Man series, Demonic Toys. His mm-hmm. whole his whole life and career, for the most part, especially over the last 15 years or so, have been about these little creatures killing attractive young people. And I feel like this is David Dakota's attempt, especially because he's worked in that before. Mm-hmm. Is, he's like, you know what? I've been making a lot of... Uh, you know, Lifetime uh, movies and and erotically tinged gay thrillers. Why don't I make my own little killer movie? And this is what he came up with. So there must be a market for it is what I'm trying to say. People want to see little things killing people. This movie to me had had Lifetime movie written all over it. (laughs) (laughs) There is some... More explicit sexuality in this than you would normally see on Lifetime. However, I don't it know does... about that lately. I mean, I, I guess that's fair <laughs> fair to say. Uh, but certainly the violence is not particularly explicit. And even though there's sexuality on display, there's no nudity on display, which is actually a little bit of a surprise. Usually mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a necessary element in a movie like this. It's kind of conspicuously absent, I would say. So you think you think we could see a Lifetime sequel to Sorority Slaughterhouse? <laughs> Any day <laughs> now, even. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sorority Slaughterhouse David, 2. David Dakota is, you know, he's the uh, sequel king, isn't he? he He's the sequel king. He's the lifetime. Well, maybe not the king, but he's on there, and he can work with Prince. Eric Roberts. He, yeah. he maybe he, he's already doing kind of stalked by my doctor esque 
movies now that absolutely that's, <laughs> yeah that, that the whole is... the wrong the wrong neighbor the wrong roommate the wrong teacher the wrong this the wrong, the wrong that, this right? the wrong 100 percent agree liam i know you're a little negative on sorority slaughterhouse you didn't have a good time with it tell me your thoughts on this movie <laughs> Um, well, I, okay, so you brought up a good yes. point, which is that it is one of the more watchable David Dakota movies we've, we've been exposed to on this show. Um, it certainly leaps and bounds above, let's say, Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, uh, that there were just certain aspects of it that were strange. Uh, there's a lot of, like, I get the idea of, um, you know, we're watching this movie where a little puppet is a killer. There's a uh, lot of shots of the puppet's feet. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of puppet running. Yes. It seemed like one of the major concerns of the film was that we believe, like, Dakota read the script and thought, we need the audience to really believe that, like, logistically it could work for the puppet to get from one location to another. So there's just a lot of uh, Eric Roberts, not just the legs, but Eric Roberts making exertion noises, so we know that the uh-huh. puppet's like really running hard. Like the they like, do kind like, of sound sexual, don't you think? When he's yeah, running just, around, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> this isn't necessary. In fact, I would say what works about a movie with killer puppets is that they just show up, and you never stop and go, okay, look. That's a very far distance for a puppet to travel. I just have trouble believing the puppet would travel that distance so quickly. But Dakota just really wants you to know. And he makes these weird decisions like at one point um, there's a character who – I mean, okay. So the whole thing is weird that this is all happening because one of the sorority sisters is a witch apparently. Yeah, yeah. And so at a certain point when things have reached their climax, she reveals that she's kind of behind all this to uh, the other people in the house. And, of course, rather than – just say like oh wow that's crazy they you know decide to lock her in her room and then we get an extended shot of them carrying her down the hallway it's <laughs> it's just it's it's a good 25 second shot of them just carrying her they go into her room but then we don't need to see what's happening in the room they just like pop back out and it's a cut it's not like one shot where they go in and come out he's now cut to show us them coming out of the room that sort of weird decision making is kind of how it is for the whole movie. Uh, um, Liam, did you want to watch a seventy-five minute horror movie or a almost ninety-minute horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> I know your answer, Liam, but the rest of the world needs it to be almost ninety minutes. The point here, to me as well, is the other thing you brought up, which is that it is a movie that, in every way, is meant to be sort of like a soft core kind of like sex exploitation horror movie only then there's like no nudity and the making out even is like very not believable like they they just are sort of sitting next to each other in certain sequences kissing it's all very sort of stayed in a weird way um kind of the opposite of say again bigfoot versus db cooper which is just men stripping for an hour and a half so and looking at themselves in the mirror yeah there's a lot of mirror looking you're right and posing with a a fake gun yeah with a fake uh bb gun (laughs) (laughs) anyways point being is that there's just not there's there's potential here but there's just not enough to kind of suck me in and i think what could have sold it for me is if i was more into some of the like deaths like the kills in the movie you know sure. um, mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff just falls kind of flat uh the well, the worst for me being when he just like pours drano on the young lady <laughs> in the tub i was just like how is what is happening right now i don't understand <laughs> it, he, well i mean it's exactly what you said he pours a bunch of drano right into her mouth oh my god hey you know what liam i think I think you maybe have misinterpreted what this movie was supposed to be. I think at its heart, 
this is a horror comedy. Uh, and as the movie goes along, the characters take things less and less seriously. And I think it actually benefits the movie that it, it doesn't even pretend to be a straight-up horror movie that is supposed to have, you know, violent, gory kills. Instead, they're more creative than that. And I kind of like the fact that they try to be a little more creative. Like the 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 cream pie with the spike-filled <laughs> <laughs> pie platter. Like, how did he make that? <laughs> Did, did he find I, that? Did he create it? I don't think the vibe is funny enough for me to buy it as a comedy. So it's important to note, note that Bobo the Clown, this 12-inch clown, uh, it, he doesn't move uh, his face at all. So when the talking <laughs> occurs in this movie, it is just a Eric Roberts voiceover. And in fact, Eric is doing a uh, high-pitched squealing voice some of the time. In this movie, sometimes he'll go back to his regular voice to be a little bit more intimidating. But for the most part, he's doing a clown voice, Liam. And though we usually save the performance aspect until a little bit later, tell me what you thought about Eric Roberts' clown voice. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) It was a little weird, uh, but I like that he would occasionally go back to his own voice. I think the problem with the voiceover is that it's not always clear when he's speaking to people or when he's talking to himself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so there are parts so? where they go who said that and i think oh i thought he was talking to himself i guess he said that out loud i don't know it's not clear tell me Lindsay, what did you think of the eric roberts uh vocal performance in this movie i thought he did the best that he could with um with this part and i guess what he was given um you know and i do like the the sort of two-tone depth or intonation in his voice um you know there's that you know sort of clownish fun (laughs) high-pitched side but then there's also that devilish ominous you know low low pitch voice um so i mean i don't like clowns and especially if they talk (laughs) i just (laughs) Uh, uh, you know, um, but I think Eric did the best that he could. So one of the things that this movie does that a lot of these uh, killer doll type movies don't do is that it specifically references the Twilight Zone episode Living Doll, which, of mm-hmm. course, was later parodied on The Simpsons. Um, and and they even use the line basically in this movie where uh, someone pushes the button on Bobo and he says, I'm Bobo the talking clown and I'm going to kill you. That sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I have to say, I think in that not all of the vocal performance works for me, and some of the jokes I think are a little bit silly and a little bit lame. But I do think that when he makes that switch from the clown voice to being a serious threat, I think that actually kind of works, which is surprising considering how ridiculous it is. And then how he then puts a balloon in one of these characters' <laughs> mouths and inflates it until it, I guess, chokes him to death, Liam. Now, Let's stick with these these kills in the movie. There's a a variety of them. Liam, you weren't that impressed by them. Were there any kills that did stick out to you as being uh, memorable? Well, you know, uh, the the you brought up the pie tin. That kind of made me laugh. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, when the young woman is using the Eric Roberts doll as a vibrator. All right, okay, Liam. That's pretty upsetting. Now now that you said that, I feel like we need to provide a little more detail for our audience. Tell us what is happening in this sequence because, boy, it has a lot of layers. Well, so (laughs) one of the characters, uh, one of the sorority sisters, 
is uh, the quote-unquote nerdy character who mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, get a lot of attention. And she is uh, um, very horny, which we find out in the, <laughs> later in the film was because of a spell cast on her by the witch sorority sister. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, and so she's working on a, a erotic novel while watching her uh, her one of her housemates make out. And uh, she gets really turned on, but the batteries die in her vibrator. Meanwhile, Boba the Clown is right there, and so she decides she's gonna uh, masturbate with the with the clown. That's yeah, what she decides to do. She is down with the clown, is what they would say, Liam. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lengthy sequence where she masturbates with Bobo the clown, who has because the puppet itself is not fit to vibrate. Uh, all we have is, <laughs> is close-ups of the puppet and Eric Roberts going, <laughs> and then uh, I guess at some point while this uh, is occurring, uh, he he kills her from the inside. He he uh, he does something, uh, and then blood runs out of her mouth, and so uh, she she basically masturbates to death. Lindsay, what did you think of that sequence? I was disturbed by that sequence. It's pretty disturbing. It's I have upsetting. to say <laughs> it. It was upsetting. And I, I mean, yeah, I get the purpose of, of that scene, but I didn't think that, I don't know if it was not executed well um, or what, but I was very, very disturbed by that scene. I will say that it's a little difficult to, I mean, look, we're all adults here. We know what's going on in that sequence. Right. But every time they every time they cut back to Bobo the Clown, he just has like a blanket on his head, right? It's hard to tell what he's supposed to be doing, but he apparently could just communicate the whole time. It, it is a very strange sequence, uh, probably accentuated by the fact that leading into that sequence, she is verbally dictating to a computer a romance novel as she uses binoculars to spy on her sorority uh, roommate who is making out with her boyfriend. However, oddly, her her, her binoculars don't make the image any closer. It's just the same distance (laughs) as when she was looking before. I thought that was a little strange, Liam. Usually binoculars make things appear closer. It was a little strange. I didn't quite understand that choice, but, you know, it, it was one of a few choices in that scene that was weird. Lindsay, we've basically covered them all. What was your favorite of the murders in this movie? My favorite of the murders would have been probably the pie plate. Um, It's a good one. I think that's the best one. Yeah, that's probably the best one. Um, The jump rope strangling of um, the gal by the pool was interesting. Um, I felt I felt like that one was hampered slightly by the fact that every time they changed angles, the, right. the ropes seemed to be positioned slightly differently. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because in some of the angles, the rope was in the hands of the doll, right. and it was hard to make that work in a choking motion. Right, right, and not only that, but the girl was actually pulling on the rope, and so <laughs> I was I wasn't actually convinced that it was very tight around her neck. Um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah. The pie I also, for sure. Uh, I want. We're going to talk about the performances now. Uh, th- I'm going to say I don't mean to be mean. I feel like the male performances in this are kind of throwaway, but I do want to give a little extra credit to Vince Hill Bedford, who played Richard, because mm-hmm. at one point he finds the Bobo clown doll and he puts it on the back of the toilet as he pees in the toilet. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and Bobo has to comment on the fact that he's not enjoying that at all for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but we have a, a variety of sorority sisters in this movie. So we have Jessica Morris playing Allie, who is the she has uh, some supernatural tendencies. In fact, we find out later that she was having an affair with Dean Whitman, played by Eric Roberts. She was the one who spurred on this whole thing. Actually, is a pretty good explanation at the end for why she sent him the doll and how this was all supposed to go down. We have uh, Jean Louise O'Sullivan, who plays Fawn, who's kind of, I guess, sort of the leader of the sorority girls to some extent. She seems nice enough. Uh, and then we have Nina, who we just talked about. And we have Kitty, who I guess is the really... Is she the mean the mean sorority sister? I might be wrong on that. It doesn't no, really matter. Vicky, Vicky was the mean one. Kitty Vicky was kind is, of nonchalant. That's right. Kitty, <laughs> yeah. Kitty just don't give a damn. Uh, sticking with you still uh, for a moment. Uh, wh- wh- who was your favorite of the sisters? Surprisingly, I think my favorite was Allie. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. she, she she is the most substantive, I would say. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I don't know. I think she, I think she meant well. Um, but you know what they say about uh, what is it? The road to <laughs> heaven is paved. What, what do they say? I it's the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Good intentions. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I I liked her makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I think that's a good enough reason. Liam, do you have a favorite of the sisters? I already got lost about which one is which. <laughs> well, tell me a, a, a characteristic, Liam, and I will tell you who the sister is. Was Allie the, the last the last character? The who final the last... girl? Yeah. I actually have forgotten how this that movie ends. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Okay. Um so wait, oh, so Allie is the Allie's witch. Allie's the witch. Yeah, yeah, she's the witch. That's right. I so at first I really liked her a lot. By the end, when she turns out basically to be a creeper, like she's <laughs> just like, oh, I've I've made all these horrible decisions because I have a crush on you. That was like a little <laughs> weird. She sort of started to become almost like a a weird sort of uh, gender flipped incel character. Like <laughs> my attraction to you justifies all this murder that I've been doing and various <laughs> weird things I've been doing. That's actually a pretty good point. It, it was just awkward. Yeah, that, good point. It, but prior to that, she seemed like the only character you could connect with in the sense that right. um, you've got like, uh, you know, uh, whatever Kitty was, Brianna Joy Chalmer, right? She's just mm-hmm. there to be slightly less mean than the mean one, right? Like, yeah. like all she does is just be like, "Oh, you're so mean," and that's it. And then, oh, um, right, she's the bleach girl. She's the one who gets bleached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And then, of course, Nina. Like, I want to be like, "Oh, poor Nina." Like, she's not so bad, but really, like, they just have to push it so far that eventually you're just kind of like, "Okay, this is just ridiculous." <laughs> so, um, it really just is between Allie and Fawn as relatable characters, mm-hmm. and I think Fawn's total revulsion at Allie is just a little too much if it was just a little like oh man okay I get that you're attracted to me but I'm that's just not my thing but she kind of like is immediately like super upset about it and it that that made her less endearing so I kind of want to say Allie but by the end she's so creepy I think I I don't know I guess I'll just stick with Fawn Fawn's you know she's the final girl that's cool I guess I just wish the way that was played I wish it was more it was less played like she's like really upset about it, you know? I guess that's fair enough, Liam. Liam, before we get on to Eric Roberts, the actor, I want to talk to you briefly about the Eric Roberts, David Dakota collabs 
that we feature on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. The fact is, this is episode 97 of our podcast, so it's likely we will never feature another David Dakota movie on this show. And that means that we should probably try to say what is our favorite and least favorite of the David Dakota, Eric Roberts movies that we've watched, Liam. Hmm. I'm going to list a few for you just to make sure that you uh, are informed. Uh, And also, I believe that we covered at least a couple of these before you joined the show. Um, But I'm just going to list a few just just to, just to, to kind of prompt your memory. There's Wolves of Wall Street. There's A Halloween Puppy. Of course, Sorority Slaughterhouse. Bonnie and Clyde Justified, Hansel and Gretel, Warriors of Witchcraft, or whatever it was, A Talking Cat, of course, the famous A Talking Cat, Doc Holliday's Revenge, Bigfoot v. D.B. Cooper, there's The Wrong Roommate, there's A Husband for Christmas, Liam. I think that might be all of them. I might be missing one, but uh, I think that gives you a good round of mm-hmm. a, a, a good assembly of some of these films. Mm-hmm. I think I might have to say The Wrong Roommate. Is your favorite? I think so. That's interesting. Yeah, hey, that, that's a good pick. It, it, I think it's a very reasonable. Honestly, one. between now that I, when I think about it, it might be this movie or The Wrong Roommate. I think those are the two strongest uh, ones. I think I had the most fun with Hansel and Gretel just because they're just <laughs> throwing rocks and it's like their spells or something. Like I just remember <laughs> that being so weird. So I, I had some fun with that. But it, it again, the problem with a lot of his movies is not that they're not ridiculous, but that he can't maintain momentum. Um, and I think at least this movie and The Wrong Roommate had a little more momentum, a little more sort of like forward movement that made me feel like I wasn't totally just stuck. Whereas some of the other movies that are a little more ridiculous, they don't feel like they go anywhere. And, and I end up just really feeling frustrated by that. Well, of those, Liam, which was your least favorite? Oh, Bigfoot versus DB Cooper. Okay. That's a. I that, figured. I figured that would be the case. That, that that's like actually a torture session. Like that's literally <laughs> like uh, an endurance test. Bigfoot versus DB Cooper. It's like, why am I doing this to myself? And why would anyone do this to themselves? Um, but yeah, that's yeah. Hey, you know what, Liam? I'm going to agree with you on uh, Bigfoot v. D.B. Cooper being the worst, I would say, probably by a significant margin of these films. And I'm going to say that Sorority Slaughterhouse is the best, meaning that we're going out on a high point when it comes to the David Dakota, Eric Roberts films. You know, one that we haven't visited, Liam, is one called Evil Exhumed, which uh, the plot is a young man hell-bent on revenge uses dark forces to reanimate a recently unearthed mummy. What do you think about that? Evil Exhumed starring Eric Roberts. I guess we'll have to do that next. Well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> we could fit that one in before all is said and done. Uh, Lindsay, have you seen any of these films that we were just discussing? Yes. Um, well, I have seen, of course, The Wrong Roommate. Of course. The wrong, right. Uh, all the wrong movies. I saw those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my favorite by uh, Dakota and Eric Roberts is probably Bonnie and Clyde Justified. That's um, interesting. I, yeah, I think I think the movie was really well done, and it was pre- pretty historically accurate. Um, and I think the acting, the performances were were done really well. In that movie, the um, coloring of the, or the cinematography of that sure. movie, um, it really captured, you know, Bonnie and Clyde and their lifestyle. Um, so that's probably my favorite. I think my least favorite was probably The Wrong Roommate. Hmm. 
And <laughs> Leo's, I don't know Leo's why. very favorite. <laughs> well, I'll I tell you what. I don't know why. Come back to us after you watch Bigfoot versus DB Cooper, okay. <laughs> and we'll see if those rankings have changed at all. All right. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of memories of Bonnie and Clyde Justified, but I do recall mm. that I thought the female lead was very strong in that movie. She was um, very strong. Yeah. So I, which mm-hmm. is hey, strong performances, not always consistent in some of these movies. So mm-hmm. good, good on them. Hey, Eric Roberts, the actor, he provides the voice of Bobo the Clown uh, in this movie. I think we've already talked about his performance as the clown. There are, uh, There is sort of a preamble, where right before he kills himself, uh, where we see Eric Roberts in the flesh. Let's just talk about it in a general term. Sticking with you, Lindsay, what did you think of Eric Roberts in this movie? I thought Eric Roberts was pretty good in this movie. Um, you know, he I don't think he had a whole lot to work with, but I think he brought what he could to the character. I think that's fair. I mean, it is a, it, the character doesn't have a lot of depth to it. Uh, right. And we're not supposed to ever really, I don't think we're ever supposed to sympathize in any way. So he's pretty much evil right from the get go. Uh, so he basically just has to be an evil clown for most of it. And even when he's not an evil clown, he's just an evil dude. Uh, so um, it is, I do wonder sometimes, how strong is Bobo supposed to be? But I guess these are questions better left to the philosophers. Liam O'Donnell, <laughs> Eric Roberts, what did you think of the Eric Roberts performance in this movie? Um, it's hard because uh, I think his initial scene is pretty weak. Um, him just sort of being on the phone... Sure. It felt it didn't feel like they had a script for him. It felt like they were just mm-hmm. like you're arguing with someone, so just argue. And it it just didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And I I, I was uh, I didn't actually know what the movie was like about. So uh, I was kind of like, God, I hope this isn't the only thing he's doing because this is going to be really a bummer. Mm-hmm. But then uh you know then he's got all this this stuff with the clown and. My only thing I didn't love about him with this clown stuff is that they couldn't feel, figure out a way for us to know what's he saying out loud and what he's not. Because um, when he's when he's just sort of threatening them, he's just being a threatening character. I kind of love that stuff. Uh, but then when he's just sort of narrating what's happening to himself a little bit, some of that stuff doesn't really work for me. Um, but I do kind of like his high-pitched clown voice. I thought that was kind of fun. Um <laughs> I, I think I he does say, a good evil laugh. I think yeah, he does a pretty yeah. good evil clown laugh. And when he when he goes low to be threatening, I think that yeah. works fine too. Um, I don't know. I just it just started to really get on my nerves. The the thing where it's like I don't know who he's talking to right now. I don't know if he's talking to them or not. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <That laughs> I have to be honestly, like that kind of stuff. I guess would normally bother me. It didn't bother me at all when watching this movie. I just figured he's always saying stuff out loud, but just people aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I don't know. It's I yeah, it's it's not one of my favorite obviously of his performances, but it wasn't bad. I will say of the films featuring Eric Roberts doing a voice for a character uh for David Dakota, which includes a uh a, of course a talking cat, a Halloween puppy and this movie, the A the audio recording here is much higher quality. Um and B it's a much more um Active performance. Uh, he, he feels a little sleepy in those other movies, but here, you know, he feels like he's putting a lot of effort into the voice of this uh, killer clown, Liam. But I do have to ask you this: Would you prefer if this movie was called A Talking Clown? 
<laughs> yes, I would have preferred <laughs> I know you would have, Liam. So I guess that brings us to the question of the day, which is whether in the 2016's sorority slaughterhouse, if Eric Roberts is the fucking man or not. Sticking with you, Liam, is Eric Roberts the fucking man in this movie? It's hard because I I really didn't love this movie. So it's hard to say that he was. But you know what? Yeah, I... I, I think I'm going to disagree with you that the that um, he's fully present in the first part of the movie. I really do think that first scene is a real. I think really, that's fair. It really set me in a bad direction. But uh, once he's doing the clown voice, he's putting in the work. I got to say, he is the man in this movie. I wonder how much of that clown dialogue he came up with. To be honest with you, <laughs> that's also uh, something I was wondering if he was just sort of making it up as he went along. <laughs> Some of it doesn't actually make any sense at all. Uh, it's just complete. Anyway, uh, over to you, Lindsay. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in this movie? Absolutely. I don't think anyone else could have done this part um, in the way that Eric did this part. Um, I don't, I don't think this movie would even exist without, uh, (laughs) Eric Roberts. Um, and, and yeah, like, like you said about, um, you know, knowing whether he actually had a script or if a lot of this was sort of improvised, um, you know, I, I found his one liners, um, although cliched, I, I found them to add a little bit of humor and um maybe a little bit of spark to this movie and only eric roberts can do that i don't think there <laughs> i can't think of anyone else who can do that so yeah definitely the fucking man i'm going to agree that eric roberts is the fucking man or should i say the fucking clown in 2016's <laughs> sorority <laughs> slaughterhouse we all agree uh hey look it's it you got to know what you're in for if you're going to watch a movie called sorority <laughs> slaughterhouse hey young women getting killed that happens there is a clown it is voiced by eric roberts some of the stuff it does is ridiculous a lot of it actually and mm-hmm. i do feel like the movie sort of builds as it goes along and even his one-liners get better as they go along so i'm gonna say check it out it's probably, if not certainly, the best of the David Dakota movies we've covered on this show. Sorority Slaughterhouse from the year 2016. we got to take our final break. Uh, when we return, we're going to do a little plugging and say goodnight. That was episode 97 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to give a massive, tremendous shout out and thank you to our 
Eric Roberts super fan guest Lindsay Lassen. <laughs> Lindsay, yes. this has been a long time coming. You've been uh, you've wanted to be on the show for a long I time. Have. Yes. I, I decided to wait until we only had <laughs> until the ninety seventh episode. <laughs> until the ninety seventh episode, you are here again. No, thank you so much. You've been a delight. Yes. You've been a very uh, boy. Not everyone would be as positive about sorority slaughterhouse <laughs> as as you were. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Um, so you can find me on Twitter at cats in cradles, all one word, and that's about it. <laughs> hey. That's about it. But there's also, uh, uh, is it, let's see if I get it wrong this time. It's Pa, uh, ho, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the fucking, <laughs> sorry. What's the charity again? Precious Paws LA. Precious. Precious Paws LA. We will yes. link, of course, your Twitter feed and that as well. Uh, wonderful cause. And yeah, absolutely you should follow Lindsay on Twitter. Uh, she is the number one Eric Roberts super fan. And uh, how else are you going to know what's going on unless you follow Eric Roberts as the fucking man? And who knows what the future of that's going to be? I'm concerned. I know the rest of the world is as well. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Liam O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Now, you're also an Eric Roberts super fan. Uh, somewhat, Huge. a few notches below Lindsay, of course. But uh, <laughs> I need to ask you, sir, what have you been up to recently that people should care about? Oh, well, just re- just last week, we put out a new episode of Hard Business, uh, where we talked to director Izzy Lee, who was a guest on this show. Uh, and we talked to her about the films, um, The Invitation, and You Were Never Really Here. And then we have a new Cinepunks, where we talk about Larry Cohen, and very specifically, Black Caesar and God Told Me To. Hey, that's, I love both of those movies, so I'd be very curious to check that out. And I love Izzy Lee. I've interviewed her a couple of times myself, a really talented filmmaker. Yeah, she's really great, and I know uh, I I just really appreciate her not just you know that she was willing to be on the show, but having someone on who I also really like their work was like pretty cool, and uh, you know she's very patient with us. Me and Justin are nerds, so just the fact that she was willing to uh, hang and talk about those movies with us was really great. I mean, it it must be difficult for you, Liam, to go from a show like this where everyone is so cool to go to a show like that where everyone's such a nerd. Yeah, okay, sure. Liam, you can find all that work over at Cinepunks.com or on Twitter, at Cinepunks, and they can find you on Twitter, at Liam Rules, that's R-U-L-Z. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Any new projects coming up, Liam? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, a little birdie a little birdie told me, Liam, that you have some shirts that are, uh, that are coming out, maybe you want to tell the people about. Sure. I mean, uh, we, uh, oh man. So we have uh, a bunch of stuff with Rough Cut that are coming out, but I don't actually know <laughs> what our next drop is going to be. I think if it is what I think it is, I think we're doing um, Sugar Hill and Scream Blackula Scream next. Oh, great. Our, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, those I'm are those stoked are... on it. Those rock and roll high school shows that you guys made looked amazing. So uh, hopefully some listeners checked those out when they were. Are they not available anymore? Uh, we'll have a few extras up, but not that many. I mean, it, it, every every shirt is made available based upon how many get sold. So like we, you know, uh, order extra if it. It's sort of a weird thing where it's like if we sell a lot, then we can actually order more extra so we have extra for people. But if we don't sell a lot, then we can't. And so those shirts will only have a few extra. 
Liam, you can find out more about Eric Roberts is the fucking man over at ericrobertsistheman.com or on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M or you can do a search on Facebook for Eric Roberts is the man and go over there as well. You can subscribe via iTunes, help uh, promote the show while it's still around, give us a few reviews. We'd always appreciate it. And you can, of course, follow me on Twitter as well. It's Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. And Liam suggests that you do that. Liam's a big fan of my Twitter feed, right, Liam? It's, it's pretty good. It's not bad. I'd give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Uh, but with that all said, yeah, we have other podcasts out in the world, but I've kept all of you long enough. I think it's time for us to close the Eric Roberts bag for another night. We're going to be back very soon with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can. <laughs>